Anchored in Reaching is for curious people who want to explore the story that God is writing in history and who are looking for their own place in that story to find meaning and vibrancy in their life and vocation. I'm Kevin Manoya. Join me each week as we probe the edges of faith and living, always in relation to God who knows you best. For some, it'll be an opportunity to anchor yourself more securely in your faith. For others, it'll be motivation to reach out to engage more broadly. In either case, these conversations should encourage, enlighten, and challenge you. Hi, I'm Kevin Minoya, and this is Anchored and Reaching, a podcast that attempts to help you nourish your curiosity, expand your thinking, and validate some thoughts that might go to the edges a little bit. And I just hope that as you listen to these podcasts, that that's where they take you and you're not afraid to go to the edges. Because Mm -hmm. what I have found is that whenever we go to the edges, God is always there. Mm -hmm. And so as we anchor ourselves in the knowledge of who we are as children of God, anchored in the knowledge that God has created us and is guiding us and that Jesus Christ is the center of our journey, then we can reach pretty broadly in fulfilling our mission. But that's going to create some tension because when you're anchored on one end, if you remember the, the podcast a number of series ago that I shared with you, the bungee cord anchored in one place and then reaching it into the middle of the room, when you stretch, there's going to be tension. And so when we live in that kind of a mindset, we're always going to be living with tension. And today, in this episode of uh, Anchored and Reaching, in the series that we're calling Transforming Your Community, this fourth and final episode is called Transformation or Accommodation. And we want to get at that middle via media, that middle Mm -hmm. way, that place where you live in the tension between being anchored to who you know you are and stretching yourself into engaging your community and meeting the needs of people. And for the last couple of episodes, Aubrey and Brett Masters have been with me and I'm really glad they are. And and we're learning a lot from their, their story about the Dream Center in Lake Elsinore. And so today we wanna learn a little bit more. We're gonna talk about this idea of transforming or accommodating, which really, for all practical purposes, is a definition of how do we navigate that middle space Mm. in the tension Mm. between imposing our beliefs or our doctrines or our propositions of faith on people, Mm. and how much do we adjust to their condition, their circumstance, accommodate their needs Mm. where they are, Without compromising either one, and that's pretty big gray area. So, yeah. so um, I'm not sure which one of you wants to start here. We didn't work that out particularly, but I would just love to hear your thoughts because I would imagine that as you engage the city of Lake Elsinore through the Dream Center, mm. you have run across circumstances where, out of compassion, you've wanted to do something which your mind checks you on. Mm because it might be against your theology. Mm-hmm. Has that ever happened? Or can you imagine a case where that's happened? It certainly has happened. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I think it happens regularly. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure that um, the bigger challenge for me personally is a theological difference um, as much as a willingness quotient. And, and I'll kind of explain what I mean by mm-hmm. that. Um, I've had uh, a background in recovery ministry. 
And one of the things I've learned firsthand through my own journey is that transformation can sometimes and oftentimes be a process and really take time. Mm -hmm. And I had an experience with somebody that I was sponsoring or mentoring through recovery. We're meeting weekly for breakfast. And I knew that he was shacked up with his girlfriend. Mm -hmm. And I never said anything about it. Every uh, week when I drove to that breakfast, I thought, man, this is the week I got to be courageous enough to really call him out, <laughs> call him on the carpet and say, this, this can't be. If you're going to live for Jesus, you got to change this arrangement. We went about six months. And every week I felt like the Holy Spirit just, just shut my mouth. Hmm. I just loved this man genuinely. Asked him about his recovery and how was he doing with his sobriety. Talked with them about challenges that he was wrestling with. Until one morning, we got together for breakfast, and he said, Brett, don't you know that so-and-so and I are living together, and we're not married? And he said, yep, I know that. And he said, well, don't you know that that's not the Christian thing to do? <laughs> and I said, yeah, I do know that. Yeah. And he said, well, why haven't you said anything about mm. it? And, it? and I shared some of my journey with him, but I just said, brother, I, I was just waiting to make sure that you were going to be ready. I got to officiate their wedding. Mm. Oh, awesome. It was such a beautiful journey, and it taught me something, that the Holy Spirit will convict people of things in their lives that are out of line. Mm -hmm. They're keeping them back from a fullness that Christ has for their life. And I want to be in someone's life to the degree that they trust me with that sp sacred space, enough to share it with me so that I can walk in a redemptive process mm -hmm. with them. Um, and so I come back to willingness. Um, we, we do a lot of things to help people. We, we pick up trash in the community. We do all kinds of community service projects. We give out food. We'll pay people's electric bills or help them with rent. We've given away cars. We do a lot of different things, and almost everything we do is free. Mm -hmm. um, most of the things that we do, I feel like, are for every, everyone. But there, there are situations that require a lot of engagement, a higher financial contribution or, or um, uh, commitment on our part. And in those types of situations, we've learned the hard way that you need to make sure that the person you're working with is committed to the process, that they're not just looking for a handout. And I can tell you, it only takes one or two times of getting burned where you learn to set healthy boundaries and call people into a higher level of willingness. Mm -hmm. um, so I can talk more about that. But for well, us, that willingness quotient is really critical in how much accommodation, if you will, we're, a willingness we're able to bring. On to the, the receiver's part is what Correct. you're saying. Yeah. yeah, and I would imagine that 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 a concomitant part of that willingness mm -hmm. is also then on your part a clarity of your purpose mm -hmm. in loving compassion for yeah. them. That's right. Because without that, then you might be trying to achieve some kind of performance for the Dream Center mm -hmm. that is not necessarily in alignment with that purpose. Right. Am I hearing right. you right? Yeah. Right. I, you know, I've made statements publicly, the kind of the axiom that our job is not to convict people of their situation. Mm -hmm. That's the Holy Spirit's job. That job's already taken. Yeah. I don't want to compete with the Holy Spirit. Right. Our job is to represent God and reflect Christ. Yeah. And then we partner with the Holy Spirit who then convicts them mm -hmm. in God's time, in God's way. Yeah. And and so that's the balance that we're seeking here is how do we know, you know, when when somebody comes into the adopt a block or comes into the to the food pantry and 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 you know, they're asking for things that just fundamentally you resist wanting to give because you know it might 
might even hurt them, mm-hmm. right? How much do you include that? How much do you accommodate them for the sake of an ultimate transformation? Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, so we talk about the difference between hurt and harm, right? So there are things that you might do in the short term um, to avoid hurt, but long-term, they're going to bring mm. harm, right? Mm-hmm. We know this with parenting. Yeah. You know, discipline your child long-term, that's going to be harmful, mm-hmm. right? Um, so sometimes there's some short-term hurt um, in order mm-hmm. to avoid long-term harm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there are lots of situations where, um, you know, someone might come in and the thing that they're asking for is going to hurt them. And so we don't... Um, we have a, a, a broader vision to be able to see, hey, this thing is going to bring long-term harm. Um, and so we're not going to um, accommodate people um, in a way where we're taking part of something that's harming them, hmm. right? Um, but, but we are going to come alongside someone and um, we're going to, to pursue them and be with them and love them um, in a way that probably is confusing to them um, because it's probably not how many Christians have engaged with them mm-hmm. before um, because we we don't think that we have to be um, something about us changes as we pursue them and as we go towards them, right? So the things I believe don't need to change as I'm pursuing and I'm with someone and I'm walking with someone who is living a very different lifestyle, one that I would say is is harmful, Right, mm-hmm. um, and and so um, it, it's this picture that I love, where uh, we know the end of the story. We know that God has um, beaten the powers of darkness and of sin, and so we can step into any dark situation. We can step into anything unmoved and unafraid because mm-hmm. we know that you know we're secure. So um, because of that, we can step into situations that might be scary or uncomfortable. Um, We might be able to step into a situation where there's um, drugs or homelessness or abuse or things like that. And we get to be a presence of peace in those situations. Mm -hmm. Maybe um, not, we're not, you know, stamping a label of this is okay onto it, but we can step into those situations and walk with people through them yeah. um, because we know that we are unmoved yeah. even as we pursue people. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. the anchored heart. We are unmoved while you're still mm-hmm. stepping into a situation that you don't put the stamp of approval on. That's mm-hmm. the reaching, right? Mm-hmm. And that's, that's I mean, what this podcast is talking about is mm-hmm. we, we know who we are. We're not going to change that. But we're going to reach, and that requires that we that we, to some extent, accommodate. I mean, yeah. again, God, God really didn't wait around for humanity to knock on His door and say, "Hey, please help us." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, God saw the need, and God mm-hmm. moved to meet the need, accommodating our need mm-hmm. to be communicated with in a way that we could understand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm in the person of Jesus Christ, Mm -hmm. right? That was God's accommodation. He did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a human, Mm. you know, Philippians 2. So God actually accommodates the human condition in order. Now, here's, here's a tough question, I guess, though. I would imagine that in a community with 30 plus churches supporting you and Christian organizations and and a lot of Christian people, um, likely there are some who might take issue with mm-hmm. some with what the story you told. Sure. 
and they would say, you should have told that person and been full disclosure right up front, first thing. So how do you handle some in the church who are going to be mm-hmm. pretty quick mm-hmm. to call you on the carpet for accommodating mm-hmm. the worldly behavior instead of intentionally transforming it mm-hmm. um, through the Dream Center? First of all, I think a lot of humility, because mm-hmm. I was wrestling with that. Mm-hmm. I felt like I needed to draw a line in the sand and make it clear this can't be, this is wrong, you're out of bounds. And so if I'm wrestling with that, of course other other mm-hmm. Christians are going to be wrestling with that. We are stepping into some unfamiliar and mm-hmm. uncomfortable territory. Mm-hmm. And I think what's uncomfortable is we, I know I've had this feeling, if I don't clarify what's right and wrong, then they're not going to know. How are they going to know? And there's basis for that. Mm-hmm. And it's not always the case, but a lot of times we have found people are well aware of where they're living in a way that's hurting the heart of God, where they're inflicting damage on their own. They know. You really don't have to tell a drug addict that the drugs are bad for them. Mm-hmm. And and you could use any number of examples along those lines. Um, and so, again, that's not always the case. There are situations where you really do have to speak truth to somebody. But I have found that's that's important. We're very delicate yes. and intentional. Um, it's like coming in uh, with a scalpel as a surgeon. We don't want to just come in with a baseball bat, swinging wildly, letting people know what's right and what's wrong. Our, our primary job is to build relationship, to expose people to the kingdom through through relationship with God's people, to expose people to God's word, to his love and compassion, and over time, building trust, earning the right to speak into their lives. Most of the time, when, when we know we've earned the right, they're asking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a beautiful opportunity that we have. And um, so I think it takes, what I've experienced in my own walk is it has taken stronger conviction in, in what I believe Scripture says and what I believe the heart of God would say about any number of issues. It's taken not, not weak or flimsy, but strong, solid conviction for me to be able to stand up next to somebody who I know is living a crazy, destructive lifestyle and still love them and not be moved. Yeah. And, um, and here's the thing. Th- these people know who we are. We're not bashful about our purpose, our love for Jesus. They know what we would approve or disapprove. They already have that sense. The thing that moves them and impacts them is, gosh, how come he hasn't said anything? How come he loves me with such a genuine love? That's what has gotten people's attention, not us telling them the way to live or what's right and wrong. Yeah, there's a principle of of living the holy life that that I often talk about. We are more relational than propositional. In other words, we start with the person in front of us. We start with who they are as created in the image of God with all their brokenness and mm-hmm. needs, where they are. We start with the person rather than the proposition because you use different faculties mm-hmm. to get to know a person than you do to get to know a proposition. This okay. is all analytical. Mm-hmm. This is all, you know, assessment, judging, you know, um, is it really right or is it wrong? Over here, getting to know a person, you use relational means to do that. And mm-hmm. in that process, you're building the trust that we talked about in the first mm-hmm. conversation we had with you guys, yeah. earning trust in your community. And in earning that trust, you are also allowing the space for the Holy Spirit to do the convicting instead of you, yeah. right? Yeah, well, and I think there is a, a big picture perspective here of 
that we aren't sitting in fear as Christians of sin, right? Sin should not be scary to us as Christians because it's been conquered, right? Right? Um, it has no, it's been, it's like a lion that's been detoothed, then declawed, right? It has a roar, but it doesn't actually have any real power. And so um, when we're engaging with people, we don't have to be scared of it. We don't have to be scared of it, you know, rubbing off on us and taking over our lives because we are secure and we're we're walking in holiness with hearts bent right. towards God, right? Yeah, yeah, our hearts, yeah. if our hearts are bent to the towards the world, you know, this is a different story. But if our hearts are bent towards God, like Wesley talks about, yes, um, and and we're pursuing Him, then we can walk in any situation, and and the the sin is not scary to us, and 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 so we also have this awareness that God is working and moving way beyond us. And so when we're, we have someone in front of us, um, we can walk with them um, and trust that God is playing a long game, mm. right? Um, and so we don't have to have this fear of like, oh my gosh, I got to get them saved yes, right now, yes, right? Yes. That kind of thing. Like we get to walk with them on this long process because we have a greater um, picture. We have a trust and a faith of yes. what God is doing in their lives over the long term. We trust his timing. We trust his way. Right. And that allows us to be free, to get to know someone and to love someone without strings attached. Okay. But you guys realize, I mean, let's be real. <clears throat> There, there are people in the church, and there are churches in the, the capital C church, and there are movements of churches that would utterly disagree with what you've just talked about. Yeah. And, and I would imagine that some of those probably exist in the valley where you guys are serving and yeah. the Dream Center is reaching. Mm -hmm. so, so again, I go back to the question, how do you deal with that? Mm -hmm. Because that fundamentally is presuming that you are accommodating your faith mm. to the condition of a person mm -hmm. instead of instead of transforming them by bringing your faith to them mm. and expecting them to change. Yeah, how I, do you deal with it? I, I would have to say we have faced less resistance on this than I thought we would. Yeah, really? That's true. Um, one of our favorite quotes, and I, Aubrey probably knows who said it, but we should preach the gospel at all times, and when necessary, use words. St. Francis of Assisi. See, I love hanging out with smart people. <laughs> but that quote really just, it, 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 it animates so much of what we do. Yeah, yeah. And it, it doesn't say we're not going to speak the gospel. Right, right. And so I feel like Dream Center, we, we've, I feel like we have done an effective job of living and speaking the gospel. And as far as church partnerships, um, I think our perseverance has won the yeah. day. And so, you know, maybe 50% of the local churches were uncertain and a couple of those were totally against partnering with us in the beginning. Hmm. But, you know... We wore them down. It was a battle of attrition, you know? <laughs> a lot, just the persistence of inviting yeah. partnership. Yeah. I'll give an example. We have every year for nine years had an Easter festival in City Park. Mm -hmm. And we host this thing. We, we fundraise for it. We invite every church in town to come and set up a booth to bring flyers, invite people in the community to their church on, on Easter Sunday, mm, the following awesome. Sunday morning, and we're totally open-handed with it. And we always invite a different local pastor to give the gospel. So there's a little 10-minute spot when people are lined up for lunch, and they get to invite people to make a decision for Christ. And so 
they are experiencing the gospel with all this amazing festival environment mm-hmm. that's been created for the families of our community. Local churches have equal participation. We're not asking them to pay anything. We, we're very open about how they, you know, um, uh, invite and what their messaging is for their. That's their church. That's their business. And so we've just really leaned into unity. What are the things we have in common? Mm-hmm. We are called by the Lord Jesus Christ. He has set us on mission. He's placed us in this community, called us to this community. This is our mission field. We can certainly pray together. We're praying to the same God. We can certainly pick up trash together. You know, there's there's not a whole lot of, of theological difference on how to hold a trash picker in a trash bag. So we've looked for where can we find common ground? Where can we build relationship, for you. earn trust with one another as, as local churches and local yeah. pastors? Yeah. We send people all the time. They come looking for a Sunday morning church and we're not their vibe. Fine. We can tell you 10 great churches in town. Let me introduce you to some of them. Sure, sure. And so we've really, I think we've overcome a lot of those um, uh, theological concerns that were there because the practice has has been really effective and impactful. And it's it's been inclusive of a really clear gospel message as well as a lot of action sure. and support. Sure. Yeah, when I think that we have a large picture perspective of unity in the church, that's such a big goal because we know that the power is when the church is united. Mm-hmm. And so when we hold that as a value, then it becomes a lot easier to honor um, maybe churches that don't believe the same things that you do on some of the things that are important. I remember, you know, when we first started this, I, I had a, a lot of energy around women in, in ministry and in leadership, in church leadership. And it's not that nowadays I don't believe that I do maybe more so, yeah. but, but I, um, it has become less of something that I need to have a discussion with someone in another church or that I, you know, I'm so worried about disagreeing with someone in another local church because my higher value has become unity. Mm -hmm. And so because I have that value, I am able to honor uh, mm. those people and and overlook um, some of the ways that we could um, be divided, mm-hmm. right? And so mm-hmm. when I'm able to step over those things and walk in an attitude of honor, it kind of invites the same thing back, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so we've seen that with a lot of local churches, even the ones where we know that they don't agree with us in a lot of ways, yeah. because we've had an attitude of honor, they've reciprocated in yeah, the same Yeah, that's way. really, really good. Mm-hmm. I think... As we wrap up here, I think one of the things that I want to go back to is the fact that um, there is a purpose of love. And when that comes clear, and you guys have been amazing at full disclosure, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. at what your purpose is, yeah. it is to show the love of God to a whole community mm-hmm. in tangible mm-hmm effective and measurable ways. Right. That's what you're doing. Well, when people are clear about what your purpose is, now all of a sudden um, they will take what you're offering or not, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But you haven't equivocated one iota in terms of who you are, who you represent, Mm -hmm. and what it is that drives you. And I think that probably has a lot to Mm -hmm. do with the idea of, of... differing people, maybe not criticizing so much because you have been so clear about what your purpose Mm -hmm. is. It's interesting you talk about unity because, you know, there's a difference between unity and uniformity and unanimity. 
Mm. You know, unity that Christ prays for is not that we all do things the same way, that we all think the same way, that we all have the same theology. Mm -hmm. It is an essential oneness Mm -hmm. in our identity as children of God through Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And so when you talk about, okay, yes, women in ministry is a big deal for for you and for me, uh, Mm -hmm. probably for you too. Absolutely. Uh, For all of us. Yeah. it, it doesn't trump the more fundamental uh, yeah. identification of unity in our essential nature as children yes. of God, even mm-hmm. if you're with somebody who may not agree with you on that. Mm-hmm. Right. right. That's right. Yeah. Well, and I think that's part of accommodation. There are these yeah. groups that volunteer with us, that partner with us, who don't believe that I am supposed to be in the role that I'm in. And you know what I do is I shut my mouth <laughs> when I'm around them yeah. and I let Brett lean and not because I don't think that I'm called to lean, yeah, but boy. because I know that unity is the thing that's more important and I so want to connect and partner with them. Yeah. And I've had to s- swallow a lot of my own pride and oh God my. has worked <laughs> on me in this, right? I remember this specific church um, that I'm thinking of, they came to one of our festivals and I was upset about how assertive they were being, you know, and um, we got an email the following week and um, one of the pastors said, I just want to let you know, thank you for inviting us. Twelve people from your festival came to church. Ten of them received Christ as their Savior for the first time. (laughs) And I just sat in my kitchen. I said, Lord, I repent. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I repent. Thank you that these ones who did not know you now know you, you Mm, know, and um, and so there there is a uh, that heart posture of honor and of humility in this is really important. Oh, bless Mm -hmm. you. What a great (laughs) note to end on. (laughs) That yes, that the unity and the love of God trumps any of the things over which we divide ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Bless you. I, man, thank mm-hmm. you, uh, Brett and Aubrey, for taking these three episodes with me in unpacking this whole idea of transforming your community. You guys are doing it. Mm-hmm. And, and I know that you live on the front lines, and there are many people who want to understand some of the the motivations for that, and you've helped us understand mm. that. And there are others who want to connect that to uh, a fundamental theological framework, which is very important for us mm. to do. And that's what part yeah. of what this podcast is about. And you've done that for us. Mm. So I really, really appreciate you guys doing this. And I hope that uh, many people will check out the Dream. But I, I haven't asked this question, but I assume you have a website. Absolutely. And, we, and, and we'll, we'll try to make sure that's on the show notes. But yeah. uh, you just say it out. What is the website? dreamcenterle.org dreamcenterle.org mm-hmm. so le stands for lake elsinore mm, that's right so dreamcenterle.org and we'll make sure that gets up on the awesome. on the show show notes so that you guys may see some people and i guess i would thank you for stay, staying with us in this mm-hmm. series i hope you've benefited from it richly and i also hope that maybe you'll take this and use this in your church i mean i can't think of a better example of being able to take what we believe and and put it into practice where the rubber meets the road mm. in very tangible, effective ways with people who are doing it and learning from them. Mm. So I hope that you will utilize this, reflect deeply, and let the Holy Spirit, perhaps in some cases, convict you and mm. your church mm-hmm. to engage in a deeper, more tangible way in effectively transforming mm. your community mm. because that's the mission of God in the world. Mm. Thanks for joining us. Let me encourage you to keep leaning into the wonderful adventure of becoming all that God has envisioned for you to be. 
Anchoring yourself in a secure identity, you reach with confidence to engage with people and daily life all around you. Allow your curiosity to explore and find God in the edges. Please take time to share this podcast with all your friends and invite them to join me in upcoming weeks as we explore together this exhilarating journey of being anchored and reaching.